In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy Beck Did It Better. We are all the way up to album 41, Let It Bleed, by the Rolling Stones. Now, you guys probably don't realize this, but listening to the Rolling Stones made me realize how important friendship is. Mm. So I got oh. some of my best friends together. No offense to oh. you guys. Oh, and I recorded a little song for an intro. So this time it's not on the radio. It's just a song I made. But I think the song has a really important message about family and about love. And this might be the greatest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. And that includes the, my two children. All right. So Hi, this is Joni. Just wanted to let you know how much I love doing math, laundry, and folding clothes for Matt and Sarah and Leo and Eddie. It makes my day every time I go over there to do it. Bye. Matt's mom's getting pretty tired. She just wants to go to bed. Oh, no. <laughs> when Matt's clothes have run through the dryer, oh, yeah. yes. she has oh, to right. go over, fold him up instead. Yeah. No, Matt won't <laughs> fold his laundry on his own. Yeah. No, Matt won't fold his laundry on <laughs> his own. <laughs> no, Matt won't fold his laundry on his own. He gets on the phone. He yells, yeah. hey, mom. <laughs> Don't get it, Sue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez, what a oh. Oh. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of yeah. all time. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. By the way, you would have heard these recording the choir part like me 15 times. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. If you want to hear from guys, so check it out. They get off track. This is crazy. I've got the perfect podcast the for perfect you, Jack. Beck did it better. All yes. right. Welcome, everybody, to that Beck did it better. We're talking about the Rolling Stones. Let it bleed. <laughs> now, listen, uh, now that I've got that voicemail from your mom, Matt, I'm thinking about making a clip where your mom talks to Hulk Hogan. I don't have time to make it, though, so if you could edit that together, I think that'd be really funny. <laughs> if you get together for the next episode, I think that'd be really good. Uh, I'm here with, for that. I'm here with three guys who keep asking me who Leon was. Because we all need someone to Leon. <laughs> Ooh, we're getting started with that. Huh? Oh, this is a big one. I got, uh, I got Matt in Minneapolis today. Matt, how are you doing? 
Good. I'm, I'm actually in God's country. I'm in Russell's home, or uh, not hometown, but uh, where he lives now. So Russell and I are in the same city today. So we we're go. doing good. Ooh, Ooh, slumming it. Russell in Minnesota, how are you doing, Russell? Don't you guys think we need a woman's touch to make this podcast come alive? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't like that when you say woman's touch like that. <laughs> the stone said it first. Actually, when I say it, though, I do really like it. Woman's I touch. I think so, too. I think woman's that's good. touch. Uh, that's the name of the store I'm opening and I would sell yourself. Yeah. I would just sell my hands covered in oil. They'd come in and my hands would just be in oil. I'd be like, Hey, women's touch. They'd be like, what do you sell? And I was like, Oh no, I just touch women. I screwed up the sign. It was an email to the sign guy. My bad. Okay. So we're starting off hot. Uh, and I've got Aaron who kept texting. He kept emailing me all week and telling me that if we need someone to cream on, that we can, uh, I, I don't know. Aaron, Aaron out in Oak Town. How are you doing, Aaron? Uh, I'm actually not feeling very good, guys. I think uh, the meat I ate for dinner was hanging up for a week, and I realized I shouldn't be taking food safety tips from the Rolling Stones. So hopefully, you get me through this. Uh, get me through the night tonight. I would take actually any health information you can from the Rolling Stones. They have lived forever. Yeah, that's true. All right, listen. We if we talk before we get going, Russell gets very bad, so we have to get started. We're going to start right away with another segment of our favorite game show: Air In or Air Out. Oh, I like this game show. Everybody's favorite game show. All right, so that was fun. Uh, all right, so I'm going to ask you questions about Aaron's life. And we're going to decide whether or not how who knows Aaron the best. Is it Matt? Mm-hmm. Is it Russ? Or is it me? So let's start with this. I have my little scoreboard here. Now, my scoreboard is a piece of art my child did that I'm just going to draw on. because <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do with kids. By the time you have two kids and their youngest one is like nine, you're just chucking their shit away. You don't even care. They're like, here's a picture I drew of you and me and how much I love you. I'm like, that's great garbage can. I'm like, goodbye. <laughs> at, when, at which point do you guys start throwing stuff away? Did you have a file cabinet where every picture through first grade went in the file cabinet? At what, well, Matt, obviously you probably pitched things from day one, but Aaron, I feel like everything your kid makes probably gets saved somewhere, right? We're still at a point where we can send it to relatives, right? So the, so we, we put that off on the grandparents to throw it away themselves. So we, we ship that stuff off when we can. But he is kind of a hoarder, so he doesn't like when we get rid of his artwork. So we're, we got to find places for it and then shove it in the mail on the, on the sly. That's the thing is that when I throw my kids' stuff away, I have to put it in not clear garbage bags or like dark garbage bags so they can't see what it is on the inside. Yeah, because of course I just go down and store it in my car, like I do with most of my garbage. But you, you get you get pretty good at pretend. You know, I just I don't know where that went. Yeah, Here, let me look around a little. I don't know. Crepes. Yeah, it's weird. Know. Your mom must have. Your mom must have put it somewhere. Crepes is an all time dad swear word, isn't it? Yeah. There's no way Matt ever used the word crepes until about two three years ago. I would bet. Nuts. Crepes. Yeah. Rats. I don't think there's any other ones. Fuck but. my ass. Uh, oh, my Aaron. ass. Where did they put those toys? Uh, my kids have gotten in a lot of trouble at school. All right, so we are playing air in or air out. How well do we know Aaron? Aaron, answer these questions honestly, not after we guess. The first question, by the way, Could Aaron, be. has Aaron ever in his life shoplifted? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go first and I'm going to say yes. I think shoplifting gives you a high that you cannot replicate with any other uh, activity. It feels good to do it. I think Aaron loves it. He might be doing it daily. Matt, has Aaron ever shoplifted? No. 
not even a candy bar. Let's say you're a fat little kid when you're growing up and you steal a candy bar and maybe the grocery store catches you and you're right next to your dad at the time. And at this time you are also eight years old. So you're at an age where you should not be stealing candy bars. <laughs> and the store says to you, are you stealing that candy bar? And I go, oh no, I thought my dad was buying it. If you have to illegally maintain your spot as the heavyweight on the wrestling team, I don't think it's stealing. It's maintaining. <laughs> That's right. It's You're it's, fine. It's really school spirit. Uh, Russ, what do you think? I think Aaron probably shoplifted at some point, and he's willing to admit that it happened at some point. Probably middle school age. I bet he did it. But I think we can all agree if he did do it, he feels terrible about it. Like it's like eats him up inside every night when he closes his eyes before he tries to get into his bed. It starts eating him up right away. He feels terrible about it. Aaron, have you ever shoplifted? What do you think? I think I may have. I yes. think I can think of two, and you're right, Rob. It's, it's eating me up right now. I'm I'm not feeling good about it, but I think perhaps asshole. from the quick trip, Aaron, on a the small business, Aaron, shut Street up for a second, a small Street business Anchor, owner. Iowa. <laughs> can you believe that you would steal from a small business owner? They probably are penniless <laughs> well, now because you shoplifted. <laughs> yeah, and guess what happened to Mrs. Quick Trip, the widow? She's I think two broke. instances. I think one, I oh my god, I two. took a candy bar on accident and then went back and paid for it. I do remember that, and then I go. think. I do think okay, there, there was, was no, a period of there time. There was no, no accident. There was yeah. no accident involved. You took it and then you felt bad. Now, first of all, I think we've all done that. Like I've done that too. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're not some sort of fucking hero. Don't try to, don't try to big but time I, us but with that. There, I think That's there was a period of time where it was a thing in my hometown to take. Do you guys remember squirts? These were big plastic refillable bottles that you could get from. <sighs> Let me search trip. for that online. <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> squirts. I was say, you and Rob, I think you have a different definition of squirt. So I mean, we all paused. We were all waiting to see who's going to say it. It was kind of a thing to see if you could Sick get error. to Quick Trip, get back to the kind of the a thing at could... the back, and fill up your squirt, and then get out without paying. So I think I did. No, no, wait a minute. No, I, I I'm thinking of the squirts like the like the gummy, like the the fruit roll up that had stuff inside of it. The squirt. No, this was a quart bottle that you filled with fountain soda. The squirt. Shut up, shut up. It's a, are you saying quart? Yeah, squirt. With an S in front of it. Yeah. But he's saying squirt. No, I'm saying squirt. Squirt. <laughs> yeah. Squirt? Yeah, it was a refillable, you know, you buy one to go and then it's, you bring it back and it's like a dollar to fill it. But it was like a thing when we were kids to be like, who can go back and, you know, fill it with 10 different sodas and then get out without paying. I think I may have done that. I apologize to anyone listening who used to think of me in a better light. Am I, should I schedule a doctor's appointment? Am I the only one who doesn't understand what a squirt is still? I don't like understand. A, like What's a, a squirt? It's like, it's like a, not a pint, but a quart with an S in front of it. Right. Oh, I was going to say, we use, always did spints growing up, but I don't understand. I did, <laughs> I did gallons of Gatorade, of <laughs> soda. A squirt, it's a, a squirt. It was a quart really, bottle that you could night. squeeze. It was like a portmanteau of squeeze and quart. So it's squirt. It was more of a skeggs guy. Skeggs. <laughs> Eight gallons and 16. Skeggs. Yeah. Squeeness. Just remember, you asked. This was your you wanted. Were to you know. guys were you guys shoplifters? I don't remember really shoplifting anything that jumps to mind. But I had friends when I was younger that used to do this thing when they would go to movie theaters. When the guy would try to take their ticket, it's usually like a fifteen year old kid. Yeah, and they were probably older, you know, seniors in high school, eighteen, nineteen years old, somewhere in there, seventeen, eighteen. And when when they would walk up to the the line to go through the movie, they would just walk by the kid taking tickets. And they were just thinking, we're older than this kid. What's he going to do? And they would always call it going complimentary to the movie. So they would just walk by and see a movie for free and call it complimentary. That's like a Suge Knight move. One would hold his hands at a 30 degree angle and one would hold his hands at a 60 degree angles. And they're like, oh, this is complimentary. And then if they had two more guys, it was supplementary. Huh? 
By the yeah. way, did you guys hear when I said squeeness earlier? Did you guys understand what I was saying? I feel like that didn't get a big laugh. But is that that's not shoplifting, right? I mean, that's not stealing something from the movies. That's just having a good time. Intellectual property. You're stealing it. Yeah. Well, we you should never steal intellectual property. Okay, don't listen to the second half of this podcast. But you should never do that. That's very bad. Or the forty. How about you guys? You ever you ever take a grape? Do you ever take something from the grocery store? A, a, yeah, every, you get to test grapes, so. right? That's not against the rules. <laughs> I would do the gag though, because my dad worked uh, with a guy at Fleet Farm, and he said, "Oh yeah, Fleet Farm is really big on busting shoplifters. They will bust shoplifters all the time." So since I was like twelve to like oh I don't know. 40 years old. Anytime I'm in Fleet Farm, I will act like I'm stealing something. I will like go over and subtly act like I'm putting stuff in my pockets because I want to get busted at the door and then show them I don't have anything and like mess with their brains. They'll be like, excuse me, sir, do you have squirts in your pocket? I'll be like, uh, actually, I don't. Okay. Squeeness. Yeah. This is my squeeness. Don't worry about it. Good. Matt, Matt saying squeeness got a bigger laugh than I did. This is bullshit. It's a callback. All right. I just got this shanko like here. Callbacks. I got this shanko. It starts with an S, right? <laughs> Second question. I wish I had a shanko. That'd be so great. <laughs> so does Jenny. Yeah, it's about mine the size is just of a, a squirt. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. it's about the, that's, if you imagine what yeah. a squirt looked like, it's the size of a shanko. Mine is just the co. Mine is like a fourth of it. <laughs> has Aaron ever owned a juicer? Has Aaron ever owned a juicer? Rob has one. Russ has one. Matt, once again, has zero. Matt doesn't know jack shit about Aaron. Aaron, he is air out. Matt, what do you think? Has Aaron ever owned a juicer? It, can we can find any sort of like blender thing that's supposed to juice, make like a smoothie or something? No. Like, I'm going like to no, bullet, I'm gonna say no it blenders, like action- no bullet. It has to be a specific. It has to be a juicer or a cold press juicer. I will accept either one. Something, something you could put wheat grass in no. and get some juice out of. No? no. All right. Russell, what do you think? Has he ever owned a juicer? Do they all require electricity? (laughs) (laughs) If it requires electricity, I'm going to say the answer is no. I don't think there's hand crank juicers like ice cream makers. He has probably not had one since he's moved to Oakland. If he had one, it was before he moved to the West Coast. All right. Uh, uh, I'm going to say no. I do think I also think they're too big. And I think his wife would say, we don't need a juicer. What are you talking about? Plus, Aaron's healthy. He's not. He hasn't done that fat guy thing where I'm like. If I get a juicer, I'm definitely going to get skinny. <laughs> and instead, all I get is weird looks at work when I'm drinking green brown drink and then having mind bending diarrhea when I'm supposed to be teaching kids about the age of the earth or whatever I'm supposed to be teaching. Who cares? Plus, Aaron, Aaron lives in a small house. He doesn't have the the space or an appliance the size of a shanko to fit into his, <laughs> fit into his cupboards, right? There's only room for one shanko in my house. Have you ever owned a juicer? No, I have never owned a juicer. Yes. I have not. Oh, did I get a point? I think we yeah, all got yeah. a point on that. Nice yeah. job. Finally, I, I, that's the first, that's my uh, first point. And on occasion, when I out. worked in San Francisco, I would stop at the plant cafe and purchase a beet juice, but I've never owned a juicer. Oh, God. Terrible. I, I, I make my own beet juice <laughs> with my, I have a juicer. <laughs> Guys, come on. I'm not talking about my squeeze. I, I had a juicer and I would make, when I lived in Vermont, I had a juicer and I would make myself a juice for lunch every day, which of course was just a terrible, terrible idea because it's like, you need to add like six apples to make it anything you can eat. And by the time you add six apples, it's so much sugar. You might as well just like, you might as well just take out your pancreas by your hand. Like it's crazy. As long as you get enough rotations per minute, that bee juice will show up, won't it? I think beats per minute. How are you doing it? Rotations per minute. What's going on? I don't know. Who knows? 
I told <laughs> I told you I thought I needed a woman's touch to make it come alive. I told you that, Rob. I forget that. I forget. And by the way, no more dirty stuff after this. But I forget that. I forget that Russell does own a, a bed that rotates around. So he does call it rotations per minute. And he can get that thing flying. He's going. No, no. It's not like that, man. It's way faster. He, it's like a Gravitron when he's on there. Fantastic. He's like, you just put your, okay, never mind. I just, I had a thought. I'll share it with you guys after the podcast, but it's very funny about having sex on the Gravitron. Well, on the secret, on the secret pod. We'll talk about it. That's exactly, yeah. But it's a work night. I really have to go to bed early. It's so important. I'm going to ask one more question, and that is, has Aaron ever owned a uh, necklace that has any kind of shells on it? Okay, we're talking hookah shells. Yeah, has Aaron ever owned a necklace that has shells on it? To me, this is the easiest question of all time. The answer is obviously yes. You know, in Iowa, he had the puka shell necklace. He had the uh, the uh, drug mm. rug thing with his John Lennon glasses. It's oh. so easy. Okay, Matt, what do you think? If we if we were in Vegas, we I'd be putting I'd be hammering the, the yes on this. He definitely had some sort of shell necklace. Oh, at he, some point he had life. to. This is a dumb shit question. I shouldn't have even asked this. Russell has Aaron in his life. Okay, think of all the dumb decisions Aaron has made. Okay, constantly <laughs> shoplifting, constantly getting those squirts. What? Has he owned a puka Girl shell testing necklace? in Washington. <laughs> Jesus. Aaron, Aaron, why do you do that? Well, I was wondering who stole that squirt from Nancy Pelosi's office, and now I know. <laughs> that's computer, right? For, that's laptop, right from her office. Yeah. Somebody told my, stole my laptop and this squirt. Squirt? I feel like I'm not saying it right. Squirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind. I could play it safe and just pick the same thing as you guys because I think I have a lead and go just guarantee the win. But I'm going to go opposite. I do not think that Aaron has ever owned a puka shell necklace or ever worn one. Okay, so the score right now is Rob two, Matt one, Russ two. Whoever gets this, if if Aaron has had a puka sh- uh, shell necklace, I am Aaron. You guys are air out. If not, Russell wins. Aaron, what is the correct answer? And don't lie, you son. I have never owned or worn yeah. a Puka Shell necklace. Yes. <laughs> the only hey, necklace I can air recall. Air in or air out. I can recall wearing two necklaces in my life. Uh, no, three. I did wear a gold chain at some point in middle school. Golden air quotes. How do you know? I had a, a necklace made chain? of uh, fishing line with beads on it that my sister made for me. Shout out my, my younger sister. And then I had one of those leather ones with a like a pewter kind of like, amulet what? with a sigil on it. Wait, that you not, could oh, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. That's the, ball, that's the necklace Wait, that I bought myself. Tell us more about the leather necklace. Yeah, so you had one. It had a ball that you put in your mouth, and your wife has a saddle <laughs> no, that like, you around like on. Like a, like, a, like a thin leather cord or like a, or like a <laughs> nylon. It was probably nylon What was your cord. safety word? Aaron, <laughs> Aaron was quoting Pulp Fiction right before we yeah. came on this. Aaron's like reenacting the gimp scene right now. So you're not sure if the, no, if no the necklace was leather or nylon. So you have you have problems to start with. You're, well, it's probably you, from Spencer's gifts. And so then, I, and you know. And then no, it said, you say it like this, Spencer's gifts. Spencer's <laughs> gifts. And it was a big pendant that said Bush so big on it. Uh, I think that got edited out of the original episode, actually. Remember back then when we thought that was too dirty? What a yeah, laugh. Right. Uh, 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 uh. By the way, I will say Jenny has started listening to these shows now. And she's like, your guys' Marvin Gaye oh, episode no. is so funny. I was like, no. Marvin Gaye? <laughs> Marvin Gaye? That's that 40 so episodes ago, lady. <laughs> 
there's no way she's going to make it into the 30s. There's no way. Really there's no way she's going to get to last week where I just complained about her for like yeah. a whole hour. You guys were Rob, like worried about my marriage afterwards. Did her listening to an hour and 40 minutes of us, was that more time than she's listened to you in the last month or not? <laughs> she says she had trouble running because she was laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I'm, but then again, that happens when I come into the bedroom naked too, so I don't know. That's <laughs> with my with my coat. My Vashenko. Okay. Oh, she, all right. she says, Did you bring your Shanko with you? And you're like, Not nope, this just week. my co. That would be so <laughs> funny. If my wife did Some bring up Vashante Shanko to me, I would be very <laughs> suspicious. That seems like a very niche thing. In fact, if anybody in my life brings up Vashante Shanko with me, that would be very strange. All right. Let's get into everybody's rolling going. It's, 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 it's time to see what everybody's up to. So it's long. Time for Why is it so long? Rolling going. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Remember, let's not be dirty. All right. So I'm just going to say this. I was listening to last week's episode. I'm going first, by the way. I was listening to last week's episode. Have you guys noticed that Rob starts going first all the time now? This never used to happen. The last four to five weeks, it's Rob. Rob's got to go first. Every like They're it. so yeah, good. Really... Mine are so good. Mm. This, uh, although the, the joke of the podcast is obviously squirt this week. I mean, that's just, we, we're going to say squirt <laughs> after the theme song plays at the end. We know that's going to happen. I know the joke already. I got it in my head. Uh, I was listening to last week's episode and I have to say, Aaron absolutely crushed it last week. He did such a good job when, when we, when we played a chord and he's like, Oh, that sounds like uh Sabbath. And then he was just saying things. And of course I didn't notice it the first time I was doing the show. Cause I don't listen to you guys, <laughs> but he was so good. And, and what I realized is I, I thought to myself, like, you know, I listen to a lot of music. Why am I not like as good as Aaron? Like, I feel like I should just be as good at Aaron about knowing stuff about music. And what I realized is I'm dumb. Like mm-hmm. I'm a dumb guy. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, and, and I know what you got, you guys, first of all, thanks for not being so shocked there. That's kind of insulting that you guys were like, oh no, you're not dumb. Like you just kind of sat there looking at me like, yeah, okay, go on. <laughs> where's, this, where's this going? Asked and answered. I was I was I was actually googling squirt guy. So if anybody wants some good time, Google squirt. And see what comes up. I just sent you guys a picture. Okay, wait. Pausing down the podcast. So here's the thing. Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh wow! Well, two result two, Shanko. At least I know what I'm going to be posting on the show's Instagram coming up. All right, so it's. I, I, I listen to, to music. I listen to a lot of They Might Be Giants. I don't, but what I realize Talking is heads. I don't know any people's names. And that's like a theme in my life. So like I listen to a lot of They Might Be Giants. I could not tell you the name of their bass player. I could not tell you the name of their drummer. I don't know like anybody who played with Bob Marley. I barely know. I just have never been a big name guy. And that's just me in general. I'm terrible at knowing names. Like, even as a teacher, it takes me like half a year to learn. I screwed up two kids' names yesterday. Like, I've been teaching all year. I'm really, really bad at it. How do you guys, and I think that's a real skill. Like, I, and, and I know why. I know why. It's because when people are talking, I'm always thinking about what I'm going to say and not listening to them or paying attention. So when they say, oh, my name is no, Ron, it just no, sounds like nothing to me. That. Okay, be quiet be. for you. But it just sounds like nothing to me, right? Like, because it's all I'm thinking is what I'm going to say next. So there are tons of people. Like, I, I, there are people I work with and I see twice a week, no idea what their names are. Worked there for two years. No, none. And I was too late. It's too late. I can't. So how do you guys remember names? Like, Aaron, you're really good at this. How do you remember people's names? It's a skill. Teach me. 
This one's I don't know. There's a lot that I that I forget in my life, but the but <laughs> names come to me naturally somehow. And then this this thing is an illness. Like I I have to know everything there's to know about any band that I like or have listened to. So I I go in and I read it and then I read it again until I remember. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a sickness. Oh, but that's you're like how a I ended nerd. up on this podcast with you guys. Mm. I don't think I can be a nerd. I'm naturally a cool guy. I don't know if I can pull that that's off. True. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But you don't you're gonna, you, like, do you, do you do something when you learn somebody's name? Like, is there, do any of you guys like, like, how do you remember names? I, it's totally, it's terrible for me. I'm horrible at it. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, Sarah and I, we've, we've got it. Uh, you know, when you go and you meet somebody and you, I think we've talked, maybe we feel like we've talked about this I think before, so too. But, we can talk yeah. about it again. Yeah. But you know, it's where you go and you're like, you're introducing, you're going to like a work event or something and somebody walks up to you and mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. And you know, when you're first dating somebody, Sarah's like, well, why didn't she introduce me? Well, yeah. I don't know their name, you know? Yeah. So now it's just, it's just known. <laughs> if I don't introduce you, Sarah, you know, here's my wife. You, you're the one who has to introduce mm-hmm. yourself. So then you can figure out what their name is. Cause I don't know their name. That's, so. that's exactly what I do. If I tell my wife, this is my wife, Jenny, she knows <laughs> that I'm not going to, I don't know this person's name. Cause I'm not going to be like, Oh, I think this is Dr. Squirt. Like I'm not, yeah. you know, I can't, I can't squirt guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the best way to do it is try to associate them with a famous person with the same name. I think that's the best way to go is you, if that's it's so good, if you were to meet someone named Russell, you would say every time you see Russell Westbrook, you would think Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, Russell. Crow, I do think that Russell already Crow. just looking at you. Yeah. I just yeah. think Russell from Beck did it better. Like that's what I, if I, that's, that's the mm-hmm. famous person. I, was. I did learn how to remember numbers from, from Russell from Beck did it better though, which is to remember the number of a famous athlete. So I can, I can remember numbers mm. using Russell's trick to remember numbers of athletes that I, remember. I have had locker combinations where I'm like Randy Moss, Andrew yeah. Glover, Robert Smith do it that way. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So Matt rolling going, how's it going with you? Uh, good. I don't, I don't have a list this week. I got uh, just a couple things in my mind. I, I, I can't get over the fact that Rob said that he was the most athletic guy <laughs> on the softball field last week. And then Corey, I'm not going to say his last name, but Corey, who is by far, I mean, like, so it's, let's, let's recap this real quick in case you, yeah. you are not from uh, our friend group. I claimed that I was the most athletic guy on the team. I then later claimed I didn't within, claim within within fifteen. No, you seconds. just dropped that this other guy right. was on the team. And, like, I, and oh. by the way, I stand by this. I stand by this. The other guy on my team <laughs> was a national level high jumper for the college. He was like a four year starter Three. on the football team. Like he was yeah. this incredibly. But the problem is, is that he's a tall, skinny guy. So you would naturally think he's more athletic. Okay, this is you guys. Ain't we wrong. can't miss this opportunity. We need to. We need to arrange a pentathlon competition between Rob. And Corey, okay, we can publicize it on the Beck did a better Instagram. It should include, there you, go. you know, powerlifting, and then also high jumping, uh, dunking a basketball. What else can we add in there? Muay Thai. We got to have like, oh, it's got to be two, two that Rob oh. is strong in, two that Corey is strong, and then one kind of tiebreaker. Like that's just you know equal. We we got to be honest too. This is D three. That just means like you were probably like a, a good JV player at a major <laughs> high school, right? <laughs> Shots no. fired. When I tell my students I played college football, I don't have to mention what level is that. <laughs> it's not a big deal. So, Matt, you cannot believe that I said I was the most athletic and then casually dropped that there's a national level high jumper also on the team. Rob, you played college football at a school that didn't charge anyone. 
Well, like you said, I mean, you, you were the center on the football team, right? I mean, you were the center. This guy was like the free safety who was just picking off passes left and right. So, you know, I, I don't know. I watched I him know. play football. I wouldn't say picking him off left and right. But I, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Easy to say. Easy to say. From to the be fair, gallery. though, he is yeah. probably True. one of 10 people at, at the history of the college that could dunk a basketball. Oh, no, we're not having this discussion again. We spent an hour after the last podcast trying to name people we know dunking a basketball. We cannot talk about this again. By the way, my name did not come up. I will say, though, my, my wife did come see me play football in college, and she said, mostly what you do is you run forward and then fall down. And I was like, no, no, I've prepared like hours of my life. This is like a main focus of my life. It can't be that simple, but. Didn't you see how quick my left foot moved at the snap? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's years of training to do that. Yeah. All right. 62 so. degrees, not 64 degrees. That's, As not yeah. being a football fan, what did Jenny think when the quarterback had her hands on your ass for 80% of the game? <laughs> well, she would only show up at the end of the third quarter, so I don't think she was actually paying attention to too much of the game. Yeah, yeah. She would not be there uh, for most it's, of us. Yeah. All right, Aaron, a rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, it's rolling going pretty good. I I got I, I don't want to steal Matt's thunder, but I got a little bit of a list just because I got the things I'm thinking Shoplift about. Lift that nice. squirt from him. <laughs> Shoplift that skin from him, Aaron. <laughs> Matt is flicking I, off the camera with both fingers. Thumbs out. Oh, oh, Matt. I've been getting back into sports, televised sports. We've discussed this a few times. So last night I watched the score. I don't know if you guys have heard of this uh, this this event. I watched the. Uh, Mike Tyson versus Buster Douglas fight last night. Did you guys realize? This is like a YouTube rabbit hole from 30 years ago. Yeah. It's all available on YouTube. This shit is incredible. Like the whole thing is on there. I'm sure Russell, I'm sure you've watched it, right? With the anti well. What is something my nine-year-old and Aaron have in common? They both are addicted to YouTube. So and Aaron's like, Aaron's like, I'm getting really big back into televised sports. He's like, I watched the Mike Tyson and Buster Douglas fight. A fight that occurred when, Aaron? Just for our non-boxing efficient. 1992, maybe? 93? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's, it it's the ago. first fight that, that Mike Tyson lost. Uh, yeah. And so Aaron has decided that sports from, uh, by the way, 1992, how many years ago, everybody? More than 20, right? old. Yeah. yeah. It's, the it's thing like is, when you watch this, when you watch this fight, I did. It, so in the interest of defending myself, I did also watch the previous night's uh, Spurs versus Jazz uh, uh, game. It's a basketball game. The Jazz brought out the flamethrowers. Those guys have a lot of shooters. But then I had to watch the Tyson Douglas fight. When you watch the fight now, this Natural. is like, I guess, benefit of hindsight. I mean, Buster Douglas looks like he should have won that fight. He towers over Tyson. His reach is incredible. It doesn't look like. Douglas would have been the underdog, but literally, I think Buster Douglas was a 50 to one underdog. And that's crazy. If you look, I don't know if you guys are UFC fans, but a few years ago, Ronda Rousey was the huge thing in UFC right. and she lost. She was the biggest fighter ever and she lost to Holly Holm and it was like the biggest upset ever. And it was six to one that Buster Douglas upset of Mike Tyson was 50 to one. How crazy is that? There was this uh, fight with uh, Conor McGregor a few years oh, ago. You piece of shit, man. And I want my money was back. like. <laughs> 2,000 to one, right? Yeah. Dennis Seaver. Yeah. So somebody smart said, hey, if I'm going to bet 20 bucks, I might as well bet 20 bucks on that because it might hit big, right? <laughs> I'm concerned I may have to sleep in the garage tonight because I took myself out for lunch today. Oh, no. The shawarma G here in Oakland, which is a shawarma spot that I had not been to yet, was doing a collab. Is that a portmanteau of shawarma and orgy? Is that no G is a uh, that would be ooh that would that would I, I would attend <laughs> oh, one of those. Matt, Matt, do you have any <laughs> idea what they're talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lars, Lars from Iowa and Dan from South St. Paul and I, we, we were over in, uh, 
Holland for like 12 days playing baseball one year. And every oh, night boy. we would get hammered. And every night we would go get shawarma. Mm-hmm. And Lars lived in Saudi Arabia for a while. And just, he could, he could talk to the dude. And it was just heaven. Every yeah. night about two o'clock getting shawarma. I love so shawarma. shawarma. Russ is that where you see the meat spinning around the spit and then they shave it down on the side. And the brilliance about shawarma is it does not matter what country you're in. Right. I've ordered I've ordered shawarma in a number of different countries, including Russia, where nobody spoke any English when I went there in college. And one word in English and Russian was shawarma. So I'd order it all the time. The other <laughs> word was chicken McNougats. So I would also order chicken McNougats. So that was the extent of the Russian I learned. But yeah, shawarma is so good. And having an orgy with shawarma, so much tzatziki sauce. Okay, and I'm going to stop there and no more dirty stuff. I remember this, going it. to my brother-in-law's bachelor party and him and a bunch of his buddies were too drunk to get led into the strip club. So I had to babysit them outside and they had a Euro stand and those Euros were fucking awesome. Is that like a shawarma? Same idea. It's, yep. Very similar. Yep. yep. All right. Yeah, exactly. So the shawarma G and, and now Aaron, is it those, true that you pronounce I, it gyro? Is that how you pronounce it? I say Euro, right? Or yeah, gyro? I, thought I, I thought I heard you say gyro earlier. Okay, go ahead. Interestingly, I believe that in many languages, G is an honorific. So you would say like, if I was really oh, wanting I'm to so like, sorry to everybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was I'm really sorry. wanting to honor Rob. I would say Robbie G or something like that. They did a collab with the world famous hot boys with a Z and it was a spicy hot chicken shawarma. And then their specialty is this, this uh, sauce called tomb, which is essentially just emulsified garlic. So since about one o'clock today, anytime I come within six feet of my wife, she tells me how much I smell like garlic. I'm concerned. I'm going to have to sleep in the garage tonight. So you may have a return of the trapped in a tent uh, by next week. We're not that sure. kind of sounds like it's her problem, isn't it? Oh, oh, oh man. Yeah, so like your lesson on the, on the whole fork of the dish. It sounds like a her problem. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Why? Just cause you had a nice lunch. You get kicked out of the bed. Yeah. Yeah, get, you t- say, hey, guess what? I pumped up the air mattress. I got it in the tent out of the garage. See ya. Yeah. I would pay a million dollars right now, Aaron, if you went and got your wife and I got to listen to Matt and your wife have this conversation. A million. What's her name again, Rob? I don't want to dox her. You can email her at Aaron's wife at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, she's been getting some nasty emails from some weird, from Beck did it better at gmail.com. Aaron, did you give out my email again? Go back to the garage. Can eat your shawarma out there. <laughs> oh. I, you know what? Sometimes when my wife is mad at me, I use the magic words, and it always helps. I just say, "Hey, relax, <laughs> relax." <laughs> Work for Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. My wife loves being married to me. It's so good. Rolling, going, Russ. How's it going with you? Rolling, going, fellas. I feel like I maybe need to go back to the dating advice corner. I, I need your guys' yeah, expertise. Put them in the corner. Put them in the corner. Get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's Advice Corner. Oh, yeah. It's a good sting, though. So the first thing is I wanted to share with you that sometimes you guys give me terrible advice and I take it and it backfires. Sometimes you guys give me terrible advice and it actually works. So can I share some advice that you that maybe I misinterpreted, but it actually has worked so far? Yeah. Here's a success story. Was uh, messaging, or I was looking at someone's profile on on one of the the one of the dating apps. Yeah, looking looking, in their window from their. I was looking in the window, holding up my cell phone while I was talking to him. It was really (laughs) creepy for him. (laughs) The police understood though. I heard that sneeze in real life and over the phone. But so so, anyways, I one of her one of the things she mentioned in her profile is teach me something, teach me something new. I want to meet someone who's going to teach me something new. And I was like, 
Well, you know what I know a lot about is Wurlitzer pianos and Fender Fender Rhodes. Of so here, here's yes. what I messaged. Here was my message to see if I could get a response. Now, let me ask you this. Were you yeah. trying to date Aaron's wife? Because it seems like something that would have worked <laughs> on Aaron's wife. Yeah. I won't I even eat any shawarma. Hey, 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 whatever your name is, I will not eat shawarma. And <laughs> I want to say Arena, but I don't think that's right. I, I feel like it's close. It is close. So here, here was my message, and we'll see what you guys think of this opening message. Why don't you tell me if I should be repeating this message or not? All right. So she asked, I want to, I want to meet someone who can teach me something. So I say, I can teach you about the greatest Wurlitzer and Fender Rhodes songs ever. Also, did you know that the same dude who played the jazz flute on Dr. Dre's album, The Chronic, also played the jazz flute on, for Will Ferrell and Anchorman? This is my offering. This is what I can teach you. Did she respond? She had to have responded. Why wouldn't she yeah. want to learn that? I got a response. Yeah. yeah a response she, to this. She just wrote your place or mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can we also advise you on your next message to sender? Okay. Bring type, it on. This, type this as I talk it in. I broke my noise canceling headphone. Okay. Can I use your thighs instead? Oh, no. I broke my noise canceling <laughs> Can I? What was the last part, Rob? Can I use your thighs instead? Does that have an eight, two, two H's in thighs? Yeah, how do you spell One thighs? leg over my shoulder, two legs over my shoulder. Sent. This is how you done and is, done. All right, perfect, Rob. The woman that I just messaged about the 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 thighs actually just messaged me back something about beet juice. <laughs> it's on. In the first round of the draft, Russell gets made. The song is so good, I don't want to stop. All right. I cannot remember what we do after this on the podcast. Okay. So Aaron, well, Aaron was gone. We could talk about the album. About. Let's talk about the album, Let It Bleed. Roll out the red carpet, man. This is Matt's show. Let's do this shit. Oops, All I took right. main host duties from Rob. Didn't know if we were going to do this earlier or late, but let's do it right now. So they started their first, as a band, they came together in I feel like I'm getting cocked here. I feel like this is what it looks like when you have somebody <laughs> over and have sex with your wife. Brian Jones, Keith Richards, Mick, they all lived together. And all they did, all they did for two years is they tried to learn, they wanted to be a band. And all they did was listen to country music and then Chicago blues more than anything. So mm -hmm. Muddy Waters some Chuck Berry and stuff like that. So when they were starting out as a band, all they were trying to do was copy their favorite music, which was country music. So Brian Jones loved the slide guitar and then the blues. So in 1964, they came out with a, their second album, 5 by 5 heavily blues-driven, all right? For the first three or four albums, they did nothing but covers for the most part. All of their best work was covers. And they throw in a couple of their own songs, and some of them may, ended up making it through. Well, in 1967, they got a new manager. Some, uh, I, I keep calling him Gary Oldman, but something called Goldman comes in and says, look, you guys are never going to make any money by continuing to do covers. You can't make money. you got to start doing your own thing. Blimey. So all of a sudden, their next three albums are literally Beatles copies. And this is like the, the 101 version of this. But they went so far as uh, Mick, and uh, their their road guy ended up going. Is it the Maharishi? How do you pronounce that, Rosie? Yeah, that sounds right. You know, Maharishi Maheshiogi, right? Yeah, you know. So they oh. were traveling with the Maharishi before awesome. the Beatles were traveling, 
You know, a I year later, that the name Beatles. Too. This is my problem. <laughs> yeah, go out and uh, and and try to you know figure all this stuff. But all of a sudden, their sound goes from extremely heavy blues, extremely heavy country. You know, Keith Richards all of a sudden is just like, what in the hell are we doing, guys? Because all of a sudden they're, they're playing exactly like the Beatles. In 1967, they come out with an album called Their Satanic Majest- Maj- uh, Majesties. Mm-hmm. And it's basically uh, like comes out four months after. It's my Peppers. autobiography and, and, title. And it looks like, <laughs> and it looks, the, the title looks exactly like Sgt. Pepper's. And it sounds exactly like Sgt. Pepper's. And everybody goes, what in the hell? This is just Sgt. Pepper's. What are you guys doing? So finally, after that, they start getting back to Beggar's Banquet. Okay, so this is the one before this album, Let It Bleed. And that's when they start getting back into the blues. They start adding uh, a lot more slide guitar and a lot more of kind of the country twang back into their music, all right? But Brian Jones is going so nuts at this point with with trying to figure, with all the drugs. He's hanging out with Jimi Hendrix. He's hanging out with the Who. All of them are just, are, they've got this newfound fame that they can't figure out what to do with, okay? So finally, on Beggar's Banquet, uh, you know, they start having a couple uh, new people come in. They start adding new instruments. Brian Jones is playing every instrument he can find, he can think of, um, and just adding it in, and it's just completely changing their sound. Brian Jones, by the time they get to this album, they're pushing them out. They're getting out. They're getting much more focused. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, they've got Graham Parsons is hanging out. You know, they're hanging out with the band. They're hanging out with Bob Dylan. All these people. They got all these influences that all of a sudden come in and. It's like they take the the best of what they used to do really good, which is the blues, and the best of what all of their new buddies are doing. Bob Dylan, Graham Parsons is in a band called the Flying Burritos, which we'll get to like in oh, in, oh we'll get to them. Flying like yeah, they're on there, right? Yeah, they're on here. You know, right? and, and they're famous for in 1968, 69, kind of getting the country rock kind of meld together. Yeah. They're, they're on the, the list latest, too, aren't they, Matt? Yeah, like 300 and some. They're the latest and greatest thing. To come in, so Graham Parsons. Well, see you guys in, in 2030. Sure. Yeah, so Graham Parsons comes in. You know, they, oh, you, you can hear it on some of this stuff with uh, with Keith Richards and how he gets just absolutely back to the countryside of things. And so, to me, this album it's like the culmination of what everybody knows as the Rolling Stones from like the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, with just these huge arena rock albums. And it, it's the culmination of that. Uh, from their early blues stuff, and this is this is when they start bringing in um, all sorts of new people to start playing on their albums. Uh, and a couple, let me get to my notes here quick. But you hear you hear a lot of this, right, Matt? Like a lot of these songs have like a new instrument, or like each song kind of has like whether it's a saxophone or this kind of xylophone song or auto harp. Each each thing has like a different type of instrument, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll get into the sax. I mean, yeah, this French is the horn, first time. Right. Like when, when you think of new Rolling Stones, you think of the saxophone. And we'll get into that. I've got a couple examples. Wait, how do you know I this- think about nude Rolling Stones? <laughs> I, I, you know, I just think of you, Rob, nude, anything, and it just kind of comes together. So. By the way, check out that Sticky Fingers album cover. I'm going to say it on the pod. For, that is my keep favorite. Telling yeah. the guys, Rolling keep Stones telling album. the guys to look at it. You know, Billy Preston starts coming in. Hey, this is the first of Fifth Beatle. This is the first of five Ooh. number one albums for him. And basically, as soon as they got Brian Jones out, not for a bad thing, because he did shape what they want, but they were able to focus. And basically, Keith Richards and Mick wanted to make money and put out albums that be popular. And, this, and they're finally able to do that, uh, starting with Beggar's Banquet. This was the one where they really started to get into it. Um, it's like they finally got good enough to write their own songs and turning it into their own sound. And that's yeah. where I think this, this album 
It finally jumps off as this is who the Rolling Stones are. We're not trying to be the Beatles. We're not trying to be from Chicago. We're not trying to be some country artists from Appalachia. You know, we are just the Rolling Stones. So, so the audience isn't going to hear this, but I do want to say that I yeah. did say something at the beginning of this. It's all has been edited out now because Matt actually did a thousand time better job. <laughs> and I also want to point out that Matt does talk the least on the podcast. He does get the most mad when I interrupt him. Of all three of you guys, when I interrupt Matt, he's like, mm. he just tries to keep talking. I'm like, no, 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 no. You get this too. I'm going to interrupt you too. So, Matt, this is about the Rolling Stones. I wasn't really listening. All right, let's get into it. Let's me, get into it. Give me shelter. Before we start, how do you spell your. Never mind. <laughs> oh, that's a Wero. Is that a Wero? Yeah, there's a yeah. Wero on there. Yep. How do you spell? How do you spell Wero? Uh, it's a, a G-U-I-R-O. I was maybe oh. looking for a Wero list, but it's an opening track. We can't do a list <laughs> on the opening track. Listen to this. Woo. You put this song on in your car, you feel like you're in a Scorsese film. You feel like you're driving somewhere to do some shit. Like, when this song is on, some shit is going down. Isn't it incredible, like, how that song, it opens this album and you're in. Like, every time I listen to this album, I was so excited to hear that song. It's so, so good. I read it was... I read it was Jimmy Miller. He was the producer. And remember, we a few weeks ago, we talked about Jimmy Miller, who was a producer that worked with Parliament. Do not and then remember. he went to work with the Stones. He Same was the guy. one who brought wow. the cowbell to the Stones. But he suggested this Mary Clayton. Who is the singer on this song? You guys know anything about her? Yeah, I mean, as luck would have it, I just read a chapter about her in Hanif, Hanif Abdurraqib's book. And it was called, I Would Like to Give Mary Clayton Her Flowers. She was a session Ooh. musician. She did put out some solo albums herself. And the story is that um, some of this album was recorded. Is it in Great Britain that they recorded most of it? And then they did most some of it. Of the, then they went out to, to L.A. Yep. L.A. So similar to Exile, right? Like, you know, they did their their thing. And then Keith and Mick went to L.A. and like overdubbed the stuff and kind of fixed it up. And I don't know what happened, but um, Mick felt like he couldn't sing the the lines with the R word and murder. Well, no, the producer said it'd be great if we had a female in here to sing yeah. with you and then, and then take over this, this uh, solo here. So let's hear, let's hear Mary yeah. Clayton sing here. Let's do it. Damn. By the way, when I would sing this on guitar, on uh, rock band, and the R word would come up, and I had to sing that out loud in front of my whole family. Leave I was like, oh, I didn't know this was in this song. Leave Listen to that. Right. And the story is they got her out of bed. She was pregnant. She went to the studio in her house. Oh, oh. And oh, then no, that, no, she was Russell, pregnant. Russell's, Russell's Why ears, do we Russell's really have to bring that up, up again, Aaron? We did talk about this last <laughs> I'm week. I'm just saying, she was, she, there was a lot going on in her life, and she went and turned out these vocals. And uh, we we should but listen to her isolated vocal Chuck track, uh, but she also recorded this as a solo artist, which is a nice, uh, a really nice cover of the tune. Well, here, so just listen, Rob, just listen to the play. isolated version of this. Ooh. It's chill down my spine. Yeah. Oh my god. So is she famous for other stuff, guys? I don't know enough about her. Is she famous for other music or not? Uh, I think, didn't she sing on Blue by Joni Mitchell? So in that, you could hear Mick say woo when she was done singing. I want you guys to listen real carefully to the full track. Check this out. See if you can hear Mick saying woo during the singing. It's very satisfying. 
You hear that there? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. think about styling your... and profiling. No Woo! denying. <laughs> you're thinking no you're denying. singing in front of the Rolling Stones and you do such a good job that they're just going nuts in the control room. That'd be so satisfying. Oh my God. Right. She did release this as a solo song, by the way. It's a little bit different. But you can't blame her. It kind of has that staple singer's influence to me. Um, it's a mm-hmm. good soul track, though. And she's singing in, in a different register here. She's not doing the higher register wailing stuff. She's singing more in that lower kind of husky be fair, voice kind of thing. Which Aaron I, I did love. just text me this link. So he did not email it to me. So it was a pain in my ass to get it. And he didn't send me a timestamp. <laughs> so I do want to point that out. So that's why we're starting at the beginning. Ooh, but it also has that kind of Ike and Tina Turner kind of churning. Yep. Yeah, know, absolutely. Soul review kind of thing. So did she have any big solo hits? I think Russell's question is a good one. It's it's because uh, that voice is like, it's unbelievable. Right? I don't think she did. Somehow she's a person who, who history sort of missed. And that's a great voice. Being a musician is so hard, isn't it? You could right? be like so talented and you just. It's way easier to be a podcaster who just talks about music. Well, talks to tens of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't care if anyone listens to this. I'm just trying to make you guys laugh, which is why I am going to say squirt again. Oh, every right. week success. Love in vain. So they finally, you know, this is the first time coming back to a, a cover in a long time. Who is it a cover of? Robert Johnson, oh, man, wow. sold his soul to the devil. So the Robert Johnson, man. like he wasn't he high on the list? Did he get dropped down, Matt? Or he what's got the Robert down. Johnson story? Yeah, I don't have the number, but what I know, Robert Johnson was a blues Delta blues singer who just basically traveled between Mississippi and Memphis. Um, it just everybody knew who he was, but you couldn't lock him down. He'd do shows. He recorded twice in his life. The recordings got out, uh, I think, in the 60s. And then basically, you know, everybody's like, holy cow, where did this, you know, everybody, it was like 10 years before his time kind of a thing. He died at 27, 28, wow. something like that. They didn't know that, people didn't know he died for a long time. They didn't know if he was just out doing his own thing. So we'll get to it. But, you know, here, we isolated his version just so you get a sense of who we, who he was. Oh, let's hear it, yeah. This stuff that Keith Richards loved. He loved the soul of these blues albums, and that's what he basically was going for. There's a great YouTube clip if you want to see the Rolling Stones playing live with Muddy Waters. Oh, yeah. Really, really entertaining. They like walk up to the the stage on the tables. Like, can you imagine being at that show? And I'm spending my Friday nights here with you dumb shits. Jesus. But props to the Rolling Stones. They, 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 they borrowed a lot, obviously, from American blues musicians, but it wasn't, they weren't living in the times we are. They had to go buy these records. They had to do the work to listen. I mean, to find a Robert Johnson record in 1966 or 67, it really meant that they cared about this music. And so props yeah, to them so, for seeking so it out. So Muddy Waters, Chuck Berry, Bobby Trope, Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke, Bo Diddley, Don Ray, uh, Dale Hack, uh, Hawkins, oh, Wilson Pickett, Aaron, the Aaron Drifters, Jr. Valentino... George Jones, we're getting into some of the country guys. Bell Hank Snow. I mean, they those they covered all of those yeah. those artists, you know, and it was but yeah. They did looking for a love by the Valentinos, Bobby Womack's. Yeah. yeah. All right, country honk. So this was a re-release of the single that they had released before the album, 
the, the, the arguably much, much more famous version of the song, Honky Tonk Women. I've gone back and forth all week. Which one do you guys prefer? This one or the oh, single I don't, version? Well, here. I can't. So here's this, right? I don't even think it's close. Listen to this. Oh, yeah. You're right. This, this, this version is it's, way better. It's not yeah, even close. way better. You're right. The country honk version <laughs> yeah. sucks balls compared to this one. The yeah, one thing I did better. like on the country honk version, the, the one we just listened to, the first one, is... Did you guys hear the fiddle at the end of it? Well, oh, yeah. Like like this one? Woo! So when I started listening, this was like, oh, okay. Russell, did you hear about these? Did you hear about the fiddle? Fiddle these nuts in your mouth. Oh! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Dr. Ray's back. Oh, by the way, I had a kid name himself Candace for a game in my class. And I was like, <laughs> I said, Candace I nuts. know what you're doing and stop it. Candace <laughs> nuts fit in your mouth. Ow! <laughs> they think they're dirtier than me. I don't think so, middle school kids. I got gotcha. you. Sorry, Russell. Go ahead. When I heard this, I immediately started thinking, we really haven't done a lot of country music on this list. And, and I was Not reading enough. about it, and I read that out of the 500 albums on Rolling Stone, there's really only 15 that you can call country albums. So I don't know if you would consider this. This is a I wouldn't consider this country, would you, Matt? No, no. But there's about not. 15, so yeah. there's, you know, Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash. Reba McIntyre. Reba McIntyre's is awesome. Ray Charles, Patsy yeah. Cline, Willie Nelson. There's some of them, but there's not a lot. And so I started thinking, what are the greatest fiddle songs of all time? So I'm going to give you guys a list of the greatest fiddle songs ever. <laughs> here for it. I'm here for it. Fiddle these nuts in the I, I couldn't wait till album 164 Johnny Cash before we can talk more country music, right? No, we gotta, no. yeah, we gotta, we gotta get to it, especially no, on uh, this for, album. More country music guys like us, of course. We cannot wait to talk about country music. All right, the first one on the list is "The Devil Went Down to Georgia." Charlie Daniels. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be on. Where we went to school, when this song came on in a bar, people lost their shit, which tells you where we went to school. <laughs> Yeah. Right? You guys remember being out and this song comes on and all the townies loved it. Yes. Aaron, you told me that you don't only like his song. You like some of Charlie Daniels' political views, too. Is that true? I don't know anything about his political views, but I'm going to guess they're not really Look it up. I bet you'd love them. I think they're really, really good. He's got some interesting ideas about the southern border that you might think are just great. Oh, no. So a lot of times, country music doesn't make it very high on the Billboard Hot 100. It, you know, This made it to number one on the country music, but it made it to number three on the Hot 100. Really? The number one song at the time, My Sharona by The Knack. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> There's a reason the songs from the 70s got cut off this top 500 list, right? Can you yeah. imagine? Can you imagine? You're like, that was my Sharona, which is just a song that just goes. Number one. And then the next, they're like, and next up, Devil Went Down to Georgia. And you're like, what? This is like a 10 minute story song that has a. And by the way, the devil wins in that. I know it's an old bit. Everybody's done it a million times. The devil song is better than Johnny's. So sorry. because yeah, got Next the, up the on the list. Guitar. We've we've gotten to an argument about this guy before he sold so many albums. This is Garth Brooks calling Baton Rouge. Oh man, this is a ripper. This is a great one. Garth Brooks. Yeah. Oh, you mean Chris Gaines' alter ego? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> one interesting thing about this, I read when he released it in 1989, it was not popular at all. It only made it like in the 30s on the country charts. And then he re-released it five years later, and it becomes this huge hit. 
I mean, if this song's come on, you're having a good night. video that was good. Everybody loved the video. It's funny you guys say that because it's actually, you know how when, when bars close in at LSU in Tigerland in Louisiana, the closing song at all the bars at LSU is called Baton Rouge. So I was going to wonder, like, what do you guys remember as being the best bar closing song ever? Oh, it's closing time. Well, yeah, easy, yeah. easy money. As a Minnesota guy, closing time, yep. not even close. I don't right. want to say this, but when I mean American Pie at the in, out in Dundas, that was the usual. But then there, that so is true. American that Pie Rooster's was the typical yeah. on the on the uh, karaoke night. But there was the one night that must have been I don't know September twelfth or thirteenth or twentieth yeah. of two thousand one, where instead it was Lee Greenwood's "Proud to Be an American." Well, that I, was a I, moment. I stood up and sang it just like everybody else, and yeah. I don't. That you was know. a moment. <laughs> Yeah, and then afterwards, Aaron said, we need to attack Iraq. And I was like, well, they didn't even do anything. And Aaron's like, no, listen to me. I have some information that you might be interested in. And I was like, I hope you don't get tried for war crimes later. Well, because Aaron doesn't want to be patriotic. The next artist, we're going to move to a Canadian singer. And this is Shania Twain. You guys remember Shania Twain? Oh, I doesn't remember. Let's just say I remember Shania Twain pretty well. Usually when he's drinking know, like, a beet juice. This uh, this is Shania Twain. Don't be stupid. I don't know the song. Yeah, I'm not going to be stupid. What's the song called? Here, watch this earless fiddle here. Ooh, that's yes. Nice. Ooh, and I like her, her little voice owl. is so sexy. It's like oh. a little prince owl. Ow. Oh. oh. Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> Rob's having heart palpitations. <laughs> Damn. I'm. I got a squirt. Yeah, I gotta take. We gotta take a break. <laughs> <laughs> This is the best-selling studio album by a female artist ever. The ninth ever. greatest selling album ever. I was shocked. I would have yeah. never guessed Shania Twain was like a it top was a crossover ten album. Ever. Oh. It was a crossover. Yeah. Hit. But Russell, I mean Shania Twain. Think about growing up. Like it's she was just huge. Like you couldn't everything. It's just giant. And 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 like when you would pause her videos, like on a TV that could pause and <laughs> for like Wait. I don't know three to five minutes. Like that was so great. <laughs> Rob, Rob, would you say you probably paused those videos for at least 50 weeks? Because that's how long she was number one on the oh, charts. 50 oh. weeks. I have an odd minutes. feeling that that was around the same time that TLC came out with Creep. I'm just going to leave that in your heads for a little bit. Don't be stupid. That was a golden yeah. age. Definitely a golden and meanwhile, age. And, and that Aerosmith song that you had to time yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. You I'm going to go to the next song on the list, oh, which yeah, I know it will get Aaron's geez. beet juice going a little bit because I know he loves John Denver. This is Thank God I'm a Country Boy. You know I love John Denver, Russell. Thank God I'm a Country Boy. I know three. Who heard this song first on uh, Son-in-Law with Pauly Shore? Oh, yeah, but that's the first he, time I heard this song. Was a the Pauly weasel Shore man? What did you say? The weasel. I heard this song all the, the time in my house growing up. I got this one on vinyl. I got John Denver on vinyl in my house right now. I'm gonna put it on before I go to bed. My buddy's wife. My buddy's wife's godfather is John Denver. He married a John Denver married a gal from who went to Gustavus. Yeah. You know, this makes me think that like I spent so much time talking about the Big Bopper and stuff. He died in a plane crash. Why don't I talk about John Denver more in that way, too? Like, I think that's another good bit. Well, did you hear? Let's that's hear too far. Your, you that's know, too far for you guys. You guys don't care no, about let's me hear, jacking let's off. Hear your, let's, play let's, big let's play a little Big Bopper. Let's hear your John Denver Rob, impression. Add a little fiddle to the background while you do the John Denver impression. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, I'm planning an experimental plane. What could possibly go wrong? This is a plane oh, that is no, an No, 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 no. Uh, the manipulated, the, the uh, oh, shit, what's that variable called? God damn it, I teach this stuff, too. The control right. variable is not my altitude. Okay, sorry. 
All right, the last song on the list. It's not getting cut, by the way. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in yes. the band, right? This is Alabama. Alabama. Now, I got to say, before the podcast, I asked Matt if Alabama is on this 500 list. They should be, right? No. Like, even if it's just no. their greatest hits. They're what? disqualified for making When We Make Love. If you made When <laughs> We Make Love, you're out. That is the worst sex song of all time. Why? These guys, <laughs> well, these guys had 27 number one hits. They had a streak of 21 singles in a row that made it to number one. That is insane. Yeah, listen to this. They were huge. Like standard were country yeah. fair, like George Strait, all, all these guys. They just hound them out. Guys, Dixieland Delight. Probably not appropriate to play right now, but you're not hearing it in the background because I don't want to get canceled. But that song is a <laughs> banger. Yeah. Aaron, <laughs> to be fair, Aaron, to be I think fair. it's about getting dome in a car. You Aaron know what I mean? had no problem with songs about making love when he's been making beet juice while listening to these <laughs> records the whole time. I don't know why he's got an issue with it right now. Just because that song sucks. That's all. Just because the song sucks. There's that. Aaron, like I couldn't I'm play not, in the I'm background now, but why it. is what Alabama song don't you like? I'm going to play in the background right now. Which one is when, it? It's called When We Make Love. It's worse. It's worse than I'll Make Love to You, Bug Boys to Men. It's embarrassingly <laughs> terrible. I'll make love to Yeah, but they're not telling me. This is an instruction manual. So is it like the first verse is like. Tight. The first verse. I'll oh, dare you guys take over my bit like this. This is absolutely. By the way, you guys sound just like boys, man. That's great. And then guess what? Then I step in. Girl. <laughs> to be fair, Russell, I, I don't know if you got more, but this is your. Uh, this That was the country list. That, that you, is the end You of the brought list. up country music and the fiddles. This is when I like country. You know, now all the huh. country fiddle guys, they wear like mohawks and leather pants and stuff. And I just can't stand country anymore. So you brought up some great fiddle Compared artists, Russell. That was an excellent, yep. excellent <laughs> it. list. I love it. I, is there anything better than when a band just starts ripping it on the fiddle? I mean, it makes you want to dance. And the guy just got to doop, 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 And that's why, that's why I think so many people could dig Dave Matthews. Like Dave yeah. Matthews' band, that fiddle, when it came in, it was so catchy. It was so good. It was unbelievable. But so I think, Matt, if I'm right, the, the fiddle player on this country honk song was the guy who played with the Flying Burrito Brothers. Yep. Yep. Right? I brought uh, Graham Parsons recommended him to come in and said, hey, you got to get this guy on there. So, yeah, he's the guy. That's the connection. Hey, Rob, if I get if I get a squirt, will you come live with me? (laughs) I honestly didn't know what song was coming up and I was like, okay, this has got a real weird real quick. (laughs) All right. Live with me. Oh, no, live with me. (laughs) So this is Leon Russell, who's uh, the drummer from the band. I think we'll get. I don't know if we have we had done a band album yet. No, not yet. Coming up yet. shortly. We are, talked Rag Mama Rag no on, on a yeah, but this on the this is kind of the introduction where you're starting bringing all these famous people from other you know the band. They were the backup band for for Bob Dylan forever. You know, and here we got Bobby Keys finally comes in and makes a, a and what does he play? He plays the saxophone. Oh God! Okay. Wait, Wait, not oh, Bobby that. Keys plays the saxophone. Bobby Keys <laughs> plays the saxophone. That's okay. a terrible. Russell, Russell had yeah. a a list a, on the a piano while ago Mr. Sax. about saxophone. <laughs> mm-hmm. He left off my favorite top three Rolling Stones albums of Dumb all time shit. or songs of all time. So, waiting on a friend. I think uh, Rob, I got it here for you. Which Bobby Keys plays for most of the time, but uh, Rosie might like to hear that this song, "Waiting on a Friend," actually. As Sonny Rollins oh! come in and plays this, he's this is Sonny Rollins playing with the Stones. You know, this he's song, somewhat of a was, saxophone colossus. 
the yeah. saxophone. Yeah, I was I was floored because this this album came out in 1981, so I thought this was way later. I thought, oh, this is just 80s Stones, but they recorded this in '72 and sat on it until '81 when they released it. But Sonny uh, Rollins, I did not know there was Sonny Rollins. Stones. That's that that's happened to me great. once during a Man. Shania Twain video, and I couldn't squirt for quite some time. <laughs> But this is the Santa, introduction. From here on, they play saxophone. The rest of their albums, and it's great. So, but this that was that was the beginning of it, right there. By the way, if oh, you get a chance, watch the video for "Waiting on a Friend." One of it's the great. worst music videos of all time. It's <laughs> just, great. Just after this, we're going to watch it together. It's absolutely yes, terrible. It's awesome. By the way, live with me. I want to play it again, just a little bit. The bass line is played by Keith Richards on this song. I thought it sounded a lot like another song of theirs, "Bitch." When I heard yeah. it, I was like, oh, this sounds just like Bitch. And I love this song because it would come on the radio and I could always say Bitch in my car and not get in trouble. And Bitch came out three or four years before. This is still part of their, before their Beatles time. So this God is like an early it, Beatles song. Yeah. Matt, Aaron, guess what? You suck this episode. Matt, you're the king of this episode. Good job. <laughs> I was going to say, doesn't Bitch sound a little bit like Day Tripper? But maybe I'm wrong. But, uh, oh, Aaron, oh, you don't oh, know what you're talking Aaron, about. Aaron, shut this. up, Aaron. You suck. Order over there. <laughs> we hate you, Aaron. <laughs> Garlic smelling ass. All right. <laughs> Rob's back. Let it bleed. This is such a great title track. What do, what do we call it? A titular oh. track. This is Don't a laugh, great titular track. I will say, this is awesome. No, you, we got to redo this. The way you do it, Rob, is Aaron. Rob, introduce it the way you normally do. Aaron, next up, we have your favorite. It's a titular no, Don't track. laugh. No, no, you got to say, oh. don't laugh. Don't laugh. Why am I being a coach on my own podcast? This is ridiculous. It's right, Rob. Aaron. Get it right the first time. Don't laugh at this, but this is the titular track. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think this is the last of Brian Jones's kind of, uh, with the band, the slide guitar Contributions. Here. Contributions. That's a great word, Russell. Good word. So. Yeah, um, you know, one of the critics called this sloppy, but it works. This is like sloppy stones. Sloppy, this feels like the track that launched Wilco's so entire now. career to me. It feels like Wilco listened to this song and they were like, we can build a whole band sound around just this mm-hmm. track. And then they did it yeah. for, what, six albums or whatever. Mm-hmm. Chapter two of my autobiography, Sloppy, But It Works. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, you said you had a funny joke to make about Let It Bleed earlier. What was that joke? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Ow. How long you would save with that one? That one was great. That they recorded this song so many times that his fingers started bleeding because he played it so many times, which is wild because if you listen to it, it's not like a tight song. It seems like that's kind of that we've talked sloppy. about dragging it before. Right. It's it's pretty sloppy, sloppy, but they did it over yeah. and over and over. I think they just liked playing it. They were just having a good time. Yeah, it's a good groove. And speaking of good times, this song... I saw an interview once with the Rolling Stones and they asked him, what is the most Rolling Stones song of all time? And you would think mm. they would say like Satisfaction or, you know, Start Me Up or something like that. And then they they said, without a doubt, it's Midnight Rambler. Wow. That's because it's back to their Muddy Waters influence. And you can totally just hear that Chicago blues in there. Whoa. Oh, you definitely can. I read I, this with Chicago blues too. What does Chicago blues mean, guys? I don't know what that means. Heavily guitared, right? Compared to more of like the country twang. It's electric, right? Because Muddy Waters yeah. was plugged in. I mean, are we talking, um, is this Bo Diddley kind of too? Is that yeah. Chicago? God damn, I'm think, smart. Aaron, get your ass out of this podcast. But, Whoa. And I think also the harmonica, right? Like typically Chicago blues would involve a harmonica. 
Okay, so I mean, I'm not as well steeped in the blues as I would like to be, right? Like Muddy Waters is the only one I know. So go to this next one here, Rob. All I know about Chicago songs is 24, 25, 26, or 4. God dang it. I don't even know what the lyrics are to that Chicago song. <laughs> Guys, now we <laughs> have the theme close. song of Carl Lewis in 1988. You got the silver. Yeah, suck it down, Carl. <laughs> I never liked him anyways. He was clearly a juicer and acts like he wasn't. Yeah, he for sure was. Oh, everybody was back then. Sued off the, off the air. So this is the first song they recorded with Keith Richards on the vocals. Now, again, I have seen the Rolling Stones in concert. I saw him on their Voodoo Lounge tour. And when Keith Richards would start, when Keith Richards would play this song, I would say 80 to 100% of the stadium then streamed out to go get a beer. Yep. Like every bathroom. Break. Everybody yep. was gone. It was cra- like, everybody was just out in the concourse. Like, Oh, what are you doing? This like, it was just a true intermission. Did you guys hear the part? There's, I think it's, what's the guy that is, who's the guy who got fired? Brian Johnson. Brian Jones. Yep. Brian, Brian. Jones. Whatever. Um, <laughs> he's actually DJ. playing the, the auto harp on this. I don't know if you guys heard this part, Rob, can you jump to the, the section where he's playing the auto harp? Country roots, right there. And so the auto harp is actually a member of the zither. Is it called a zither, Aaron? Have you heard of a zither? Yeah, zither. I've heard of it, yeah. And so it's actually was made really famous by June Carter and her family. Yep. Oh, and so I was wow. listening to this. So I was like, I wonder who else plays the zither. And I was looking. It turns out that a Beck plays it, but it's not the Beck you're thinking about. Do you guys ever, did you ever listen to the show A Prairie Home Companion? We're, tried not yes. we're from Minnesota. Yeah. We have to. My favorite part of Prairie Home Companion. I'm so sorry, Russ, because this is a good bit. But my favorite part of <laughs> is when Garrison Keillor toward the end of his career before he got canceled was like, oh, I think what people want to hear me is singing. He'd be like, oh, <laughs> it'd be like jokes about ketchup or whatever. Then the last half hour would be like, <laughs> <laughs> powdered milk, it's like powdered milk or powdered milk. Yeah, it's like somebody was like, oh, Garrison, God. People love it when you sing. It's so good. <laughs> Sorry, one of the, Go so I was never really into this show or whatever, but I read that one of the main primary musical performers on a Prairie Home Companion, her name was Stevie Beck, and she was known as the queen of the auto harp. And Garrison Keillor would always introduce her as the queen of the auto harp. Check out Stevie Beck Ooh, here on great. a Prairie Home Companion. This is everything oh. I love. <laughs> oh. Here, give it to me, Stevie Beck. Garrison's so mad right now. That like, he's not for singing. the record, right? Like this is like a world-renowned radio program, yeah. right? Like I, like. So when it when it comes to the auto harp and being the queen of the auto harp, who did it better? Did it better, <laughs> Rob? Play the play the start of that song real quick again, because I all I could hear. <laughs> is this? <laughs> you know, Keith Richards is so good. Like I get it. I should have left that concert. That's so good. Auto harp, auto tune. I don't know. By the way, I'm going to edit that joke so it doesn't take ten minutes for me to find that song. <laughs> I'm so funny. So I don't know if anybody else. I literally thought this was Bob Dylan singing on the song. It's close. I hear it. I hear it. I, hear, I, hear, I, I just cut. I got one cut for you there, Rob. Nobody feels any pain. I don't know. I don't know. I just. 
Yeah, I hear it. They I were good it. buddies. They hung out a lot. So yeah, they were obviously cross-pollinating, right? They were yeah. hanging out together and sharing ideas for sure. And I think that makes sense, too, because if you listen to the harmonica solo on that song... Oh, oh no! It does have Dylan like. Knowing that it. these guys were friends with Bob Dylan, I might give this a rolling groan just knowing that they even <laughs> like him. I, the more we, the more albums we listen to, the more the less I think of Bob Dylan. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> we don't. I, sorry, it's man. too late in the episode to get into this tape. We can't do it. <laughs> listen, guys, you wasted so much time telling dumb stories. Okay, we don't have time for this. Monkey Man. This is the vibraphone. It's like a xylophone. Thicker this bars. Sounds to me like it's from the 2000s, right? Like this is like a yeah. time warp song. This this could have been. I always have my I always have my phone on vibraphone. I don't want to hear it ring. That's it feels a like joke. like a dap tones kind of a thing or right. you know, something like. I, I love think of the, the Alabama shakes. Like this sounds like Alabama shakes to me, or like Alabama shakes are trying to sound like this. When I wrote, I wrote down new age jazz R and B. You know, it's kind of got that new age. Uh, intro to it what so, i yeah. i love this album more than exile on main street which is ranked ahead of this because this mix of this song especially listen to the mix on this it sounds so good it sounds like it was done by a professional right i mean it's so rich and full it's just like i loved it it's like a real rock and roll song all right and our final song guys you know what you can't always get what you want Unless you're me on the podcast, then I just edit out everyone else's jokes in Matt's <laughs> intro and I re-record my own. And our listeners do not get what they need. <laughs> the listeners aren't listening this far into the episode. Give me a break. I, I've got to say, we, we've talked about best closing tracks ever. I remember one of the Beatles tracks had the Day in the Life. I think this is my favorite closing track on an album that we've listened to so far. Yes. It's a yeah. banger. I think it's one of the top five rock and roll songs we've heard or maybe will hear and I think it, it it's not just the closing song it's this album the bookends of this album the that's, opening uh, that's track my and the take. closing track I actually went I actually went Rosie and looked up because that was going to be my take at the end is that this is the best starting and ending of any album we've heard so far so every time I hear this horn you guys shut up with your facts you brought can I tell you what I think about every time I hear this horn? That girl who dumped me and I said I was going to drive anyway. home real fast, she played the horn in the band. <laughs> the French horn. It's all I get French horn. <laughs> no, she told I me it have, wasn't a French horn. That's why she couldn't do that. Okay, go ahead. I sorry. do have a, a personal emotional connection to this song, uh, which is related to the state of Minnesota, which is that my uncle, for a very long time, lived in Excelsior. And this is before Wikipedia. He told me the story about how this track was inspired by Mr. Jimmy who was sort of the man about town of Excelsior. Matt says Minnetonka, but he tells me they're the same. Man about town of Excelsior, kind of the unofficial town mayor. And there was a there was an amusement park out there on Lake Minnetonka at one point, and the Stones went there yep. to play a concert. And the story is that they were out there to play a concert. Mick went to the drugstore, met Mr. Jimmy, and Mr. Jimmy, you know, he couldn't get what he wanted. And Mr. Jimmy told Mick, literally said... You can't always get what you want, but if you try sometimes, you get what you need. So that was the story. That was the story that I knew as a child. My uncle is very dear to me. And then the internet, Wikipedia tells you that it was actually about Jimmy Miller. So the lesson is that the internet is a cesspool. It will crush your dreams. Don't read the internet. I've heard I've heard this story from so a much lot porn. of people. It, it sounds like when, <laughs> when the kids in my middle school thought Green Day was named after Monday, Wednesday, Fridays because they were Green Day's Red Day. That, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. A classic story. <laughs> 
So, Matt, what were you talking? You were talking about bookends before Ross and Aaron interrupted you, by the way, very rudely. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that uh, I, I, I didn't want to just have uh, just, you know, start spouting off saying this is the greatest song of all time or this is the top three song of all time without having, you know, some actual research in it. So I was going to say, can you guys think of a better bookended album? There's like one, maybe. Can I, can I, I throw like out my it. one or not? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. The one that jumps out to me is London Calling by The Clash kicked off with London Calling and finished with Train in Vain. Train and and I remember that one close. being really strong. I didn't even yeah, put that on the I would throw five. David Bowie on there. I would throw that last album on there. Five yeah, years. Get, get, no, get out of here. No way. No, you, you get out of here. I'll, five years to Rock and Roll Suicide. That's a great one. So here's what I got. I got the Beatles started out with Sgt. Pepper's, ended in a day in the life. I like it more because it ended with a day in the life. I, yep. I really like that. It's a hard one to yeah, beat. That's tough to um, beat. Rumors started out with Secondhand News, ended with Gold Dust Woman. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yep. Um, Abbey Road started out with Come Together, ended with that kind of that mishmash. That was more personal to me. I really like that mishmash. They had those f- four songs, oh, like yeah, two yeah, minutes yeah. each yep. or whatever. What's what's going on? Uh, no, not much. What's with going on with Inner you? City Blues? Um, which was pretty good, but I thought really the only one that City Blues, you know, the one only one that really could come, but I just don't like the ending. But let's go crazy, and then Purple Rain on Purple Rain. That's pretty pretty awesome. That's a pretty good start. That's tough to beat. That's tough to beat. I'd still put this ahead of it. I would too. That's pretty darn close. Prince's uh, album's pretty darn close. Oh, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good list there. Well, have you heard the story about the choir where they're like, "Hey, we should do a choir," and Mick was like, "Oh." That's a dumb idea. Like, who's that's never going to work? And they're like, oh, well, let's do it as a joke. And they did it. And then the choir, like, totally distanced themselves from the song because it was about drugs. And they were like, oh. And guess what? I've been in, I know guys that were in choirs. They did a ton of drugs. Choir guys love doing drugs. It's like their favorite thing. <laughs> that's why they call them bass heads. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's a choir joke, right? 10 or 12 hits? Huh? Tenor? Uh, soprano. Let's smoke. See, I got them all, guys. Aaron, those are good choir jokes. Come on. Thank you. So uh, I will say too, one time the Rolling Stones were playing at a casino in New Jersey and the owner of the casino was there and Keith Richards took out a knife and said, I'm not going to play if that man is in the crowd. And so Donald Trump had to leave. He had to get out of there. Okay. And Aaron Aaron has put on his make America great again hat. He's really mad (laughs) about that story. It makes him furious. He hates it. All right. I'm logging into my, my fake, my fake Twitter or whatever it is. By the way, follow him on Twitter at raw. Going to give it to you. (laughs) He's still there. He's still using that name. I don't know why. (laughs) All right, everybody let's get into, Oh, I can't show that to you guys. Let's get into our final (laughs) segment where we rank the album. And God damn it, I played the wrong goddamn sound clip. Oh, I kind of like the sirens. The siren shit. So just shit. Like that wasn't right either. <laughs> All right, here we go. The rating system. And now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. The patented and very popular. Very, very popular, by the way. Very patented and very popular. Yeah, a lot of patented things not popular. Did you have to add that very popular at some point when it became so popular, (laughs) Rob? Oh, my God. (laughs) All right, everybody. We are talking about Let It Bleed. And this is the time for the rating. And here's how the rating system works. For those of you, maybe we got some new listeners out there. They're like, wow, what a great podcast. This definitely has made a lot of sense. I don't need to know a lot about either 
growing up in the 90s, Buster Douglas or St. Olaf College specifically to know about this podcast. The rating system goes like this. Is this a rolling well tone? That means it's exactly perfect at 41. Rolling Stone, chef's kiss. You did a great job. Did this album get rolling boned? Okay. It should be way higher on the list. It shouldn't be back this far. This is an outrage. We're furious. We're going to the capitals. We got our fur hats on with the horns. We're out of there. Uh, or is, did this get, is this a rolling groan? Capitals, plural. Aaron, Aaron, or is this a rolling groan? That means this album should not be so high. This album is not as good as everybody thinks it is. And actually you're smart for thinking that because you're like a real smart guy. I don't know why I said that. I'm so tired. Uh, Aaron, what do you think this album is? Is it a rolling groan, rolling bone or rolling well-toned? I was really prepared to rolling well-toned just means great. It's okay. Just as a reminder. Every time Rosie. He's too sweet. He's too sweet for this podcast. He's too sweet for the world. I was really prepared to rolling groan this album because of the things we talked about, about the Rolling Stones liberally borrowing from blues artists. Oh, I thought you were so uh, mad about the Mr. Jimmy and the story from your youth. And you're like, well, that's about true. It that's, I am upset about that, but that's my own fault for being gullible, <laughs> but it's a, it's a great listen. And the, with these bookends, you it's, it's super hard. I, it, other than as we discussed uh, purple rain, it's for me, it's hard to beat these bookends. So I got to call it rolling well tone because when it's great, it is absolutely great. Uh, Matt, rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? What do you think? Uh, rolling groaned means I think it should be rated higher. Ye- but oh, lower no, number. Rolling boned. boned. Rolling, rolling boned. boned. Okay. Rated higher, lower ass. number. No, this is not it's your new ass. bit, by the way, is asking me questions to confuse <laughs> me and show I don't understand what's I going on. I get confused. I get confused myself. I think this is rolling boned. I think this, uh, you know, and, and a lot of it is personal take i really like the rolling stones um shocked face i think shocked yeah you know and i think again i said it earlier but this is kind of them coming out of trying to figure out who they are copying everybody sampling taking from and finally kind of getting their own voice and writing their own songs and doing everything on their own and they're bringing in more people different instruments some good piano players some saxophone stuff like that and now they're kind of taking off from here where this is one of the next five albums or, or number one albums for him. So I think this is an album that got rolling boned and should be way higher personally with a lower number. The Rolling Stones came into their own in five years. That means guys by episode 250. Yeah. We're going to be hammering this stuff. We're going to have this stuff figured out. All right. Russell, what do you think of let it bleed, which Aaron said he's going to tell a very funny joke after the theme song plays. I think this is going to be really good. Russell, what is it? I really love all the the different instruments on each of the songs, the sax, the fiddle, the vibraphone, the auto harp. I thought all that was really cool. It felt like this was kind of unique and different from what we've heard. It felt like each song kind of was its own thing. So I really enjoyed it. Like like you guys talked about, the, the one thing I was thinking about was the beginning and the end. And the only thing that I thought was close was the clash. And so if you're going to end and if you're going to begin and start an album so strong, I've got to say it's, it's rolling well toned. And I think for me, the closing song is the goat of closing songs. I think it's the best closing song on any album we've listened to. The best oh. close. If, if, if you can't always get what you want, ended with that would be perfect. Guys, this is a rolling Americone. Okay. This album has <laughs> USA number one, continues to be number one of all time. Aaron, show us that red hat you got. Everybody loves this album. It's the American dream. It just shows how great America is. Other countries, too bad, unless you download the podcast. And we're actually big fans. We love it. <laughs> Next up, guys, we, I know we know that there's a role coming up. We have albums we love coming up. 
I think this might be one of the greatest three albums we've done in a row. We've loved the David Bowie album. Matt, I, agree. I, think, I think Matt liked this album, Let It Bleed. I couldn't really tell. And next up, an album that Russell has told me he's really looking forward to talking about. We've got Radiohead and OK. So please don't expect Murderers a theme song for next week. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of theme song, all time. Shit. Parody songs, <laughs> I meant to say. God <laughs> damn it. Okay, start over the podcast. This is where I started. I'm sorry. If you want to hear four guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Did you guys know that when Aaron got really into the Wu-Tang, he got this uh, Rolling Stones and the song Cream Confused and his, his raw going to give it to you hashtag, his, the thing he always would end every chat with was, we all need someone to cream on. <laughs> Cash rules oh. every... <laughs> what was it? Cash rules every thing around. Everything around me. me. Everything Cash around rules me. every squirt around me. Perfect. You didn't All need right. much cash for a squirt. It was like a dollar six cents or something. Oh, mm. Cash rules every. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was Aaron's left. <laughs> Just the what real the life slam. Arms. Arms. <laughs> <laughs>